Uh, Today we are in week two of a sermon series that we began last week in this Easter season leading up to Pentecost Sunday, and the sermon series is called Surprise, the Unexpected Works of God. And, And during this sermon series, we're going to be looking at the experiences of the early church in the days after Jesus' resurrection and ascension. And apparently, after Jesus was resurrected and ascended, lots of surprising things started to happen. Not surprising to God, mind you, but but surprising to almost everyone else. In fact, they really should be surprising to us. The only problem is, is that we've heard many of these stories so often that they've sort of lost their shock factor, their, their surprising elements to them. And so over the course of these seven weeks, we're going to be revisiting some of those surprising stories in the uh, life of the early church, uh, not only to just remember them, but also to remind ourselves that in the same way that God surprised people then, that God might surprise people now. Uh, In the same way that God might do unexpected things then, that God might do unexpected things in our lives today. The title of today's sermon is called An Unlikely Friendship. An Unlikely Friendship. And the text is this passage of Scripture from Acts chapter 9. And today's sermon is especially about an unlikely man who is open to an unlikely friendship that ends up changing the course of history. Well, I don't know about you, but do you have any unlikely friendships in your life? Uh, Friendships that you might not have ever imagined would be possible or probable for you. Uh, I was reading several months back in Reader's Digest. There was a story about some unlikely friendships. And I thought that I would use some of those this morning. And instead of maybe telling you one of my stories for the 13th time, Martha. um, Martha always reminds me when I've told a story before, which is frequently. Um, But there's a story about Bill and Giovanni. Giovanni first met Bill when they worked together. Giovanni was 23 years old, and uh, Bill was 85 years old. Now, on the surface, these two didn't have anything in common other than the fact that both of them were two of the most stubborn people that you'd ever want to meet. Now, 85-year-old Bill, every time there was ever a hint of rain, he would always have his umbrella with him just in case. And at the end of the work day, if it was raining, uh, Bill would pull out that umbrella and he would look at Giovanni and he'd say, let me walk you to your car, it's raining. And Giovanni, stubborn as he was, always refused. And Bill, stubborn as he was, says, I'm walking you to your car whether you like it or not. Well, one of the other things that Bill and Giovanni had in common was that they always took their lunch break at around the same time. And Bill was always noticing that Giovanni was eating these Mexican dishes and his palate wasn't that refined. He didn't know anything about Mexican food. So he was always inquiring about what is it that you're eating and what's in it. And, and, and yet, 
Even though he didn't understand the main dish, Bill certainly understood Giovanni's staple for dessert. It was Oreo cookies. Bill loved Oreo cookies. And so before you know it, Bill started bringing his own Oreo cookies to work, and he and Giovanni would eat their Oreo cookies together after they'd finished their main course. Well, when Bill died, Giovanni decided that he was going to carry an umbrella whenever there was even a hint of rain. And that if at the end of the work day it was raining, he was going to find someone in his office and he was going to say, let me walk you to your car, it's raining. And if they were stubborn and they said, no thank you, Giovanni was going to be stubborn right back and say, I'm walking you to your car whether you like it or not. An unlikely friendship between a young guy and an old man. There's another story in that uh, Reader's Digest article about Susan and Connie. Susan and Connie met each other at a Taekwondo competition. They were both red belts. They were both competing in the competition. Found out they were going to be competing against one another in the competition. Their uh, particular match was at the end of the day, so they got to spend most of that day around each other. They began to talk, and Susan began to note that Connie was really polite, she was really kind, and she was really sweet. But then it came time for the match, and Connie changed her game face. She got really serious, she got really... Uh, um, mean looking, and, and she had that look like she came to win this match. Now, Susan ended up winning the match, much to her surprise, in part because she landed one solid kick to the side of Connie's head. And um, did you know that from that moment on, despite the fact that Susan kicked Connie upside the head, Despite the fact that Connie was from a big city and Susan was from a small town, despite the fact that uh, Connie was black and Susan was white, and despite the fact that Connie was a liberal Democrat and Susan was a conservative Republican, they became very best friends and still are to this day. And when people see them together and they look at them, they're like, I don't know how in the world the two of them ended up being such good friends. One more story. Denver was a homeless man in Fort Worth, Texas. Ron was an art dealer with an advanced college degree. They met each other in a homeless shelter where art was working. It was one of those classic examples of the haves, Helping the have-nots. And that's really all the relationship was for a long period of time. But over time, they began to get to know each other better. And they began to spend a little bit more time together. And then one day, the art dealer Ron's wife was diagnosed with terminal liver cancer. And Denver became her primary prayer warrior. He was always wanting to pray with her, always wanting to pray for her, always asking if there's anything else that he could do for Ron or for his wife. And when she died, Ron 
and Denver began to spend more and more time together. And what started out as the haves helping the have-nots, what started out as just an occasional acquaintance became a friend, and then by the end, they became like brothers. And today, they're almost inseparable, unlikely friendships. Have any of those stories reminded you of an unlikely friendship? Maybe it's one that you have with someone else. Or maybe you know someone who has an unlikely friendship. Maybe you have two people from different backgrounds. Two people from different political parties. Two people who view the world in completely different ways. And yet somehow, some way, the circumstances and the stars aligned. And these two people that you couldn't imagine would ever be friends somehow came together. Together and the relationship developed and it ended up being such a blessing to both people in the relationship and perhaps even a blessing to the entire world. Unlikely friendships. That's exactly what we have in our scripture lesson this morning. It's this unlikely friendship between Saul and between Ananias. These two people were naturally enemies. Saul, we first are introduced to him in the book of Acts at the end of chapter 7. We're told that he is actually holding the garments for those who are stoning one of the early leaders of the church. But friends, this is more than just, hey, hold my beer, I'm about to do something. It is much more significant than that. He's not only holding the garments of those who are stoning Stephen, but we are told that, that Saul himself wants to widen the scope of persecution for people who follow Jesus. He's willing to go beyond the walls of Jerusalem and out into the greater world of that day and either arrest or impossibly even kill anyone who claims to be a follower of Christ. Ananias, on the other hand, is one of the ones that Saul really wants to imprison or possibly even kill. He is a follower of Jesus. And when Ananias receives a vision from the Lord that he is supposed to go to this Saul, he is supposed to pray for him and to help bring about his healing, we're told that Ananias has already heard everything he needs to know about this guy Saul. He's heard of how he's persecuted people who follow Jesus. He's heard how he's been there witnessing people dying at the hands of others because of their faith. He has heard that he has now sought permission to enter into their communities and to take back followers of the Jesus to Jerusalem where they could be imprisoned or possibly even killed. Ananias wants absolutely nothing to do with this man, Saul. And yet the Lord speaks again to Ananias and says to him, it's okay, you can do this, you must do this. Uh, I have chosen this man Saul to be an instrument of mine. And this man Saul is going to go from persecuting Christ to proclaiming Christ. This man Saul is, because of this relationship that I'm using you for is going to end up being the one that takes the good news of God's love to all parts of the world. Not just the people of Israel, but to Gentiles and to kings as well. And apparently the Lord's insistence overcame 
Ananias' resistance. And Ananias does as the Lord commanded him, and he goes to this man Saul, even though he's worried that when he lays hands on Saul, that Saul might want to lay hands on him, but for an entirely different reason and in an entirely different way. And yet when he lays his hands on Saul, what we learn is that the man that he once saw as an enemy has become his brother. And he says, Brother Saul, receive the Holy Spirit. And we're told that Saul ends up being baptized. We're told that the scales from his eyes where he'd once been blinded by his encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus, now he can see. And because of this unlikely friendship, because of Ananias being willing to be used by God to lay hands on Saul, to pray for Saul, and to help Saul be, be baptized, and his eyes to be open to what God wanted him to do, the world will never be the same. That's the kind of thing that these unlikely friendships can result in. And so if you have one of those unlikely friendships where you just, it's hard to imagine how the two of you came together and, 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 and how the two of you became such dear friends because of so, the differences in your life, then I want you to celebrate that friendship. I, I just want you to thank God for it. And if you don't have one of those unlikely friendships, then I'd like to invite you to pray for one, to, to pray for it. Because what might happen to you is the same thing that happened to Ananias and Saul. Through that unlikely friendship of people who are so completely different, you might find that a person you thought was an enemy becomes your sister. Or the person that you once saw as an antagonist becomes your advocate. The person that you once viewed as an unlikely friend ends up becoming a holy friend. And who knows? Maybe God will take that unlikely friendship and not only bless you, but transform the world. Wouldn't that be a surprise?